It was my grandfather who taught me to drive. He was taking me to most of my sort of uh, motorbike trials competitions when I was a youngster. A yeah, quite relaxed person, but uh, with always uh, a clear uh, goal in my mind. My mum, uh, first thing she did was she got me to go to navigation classes. So I used to navigate basically until, uh, until I was old enough to drive. And he's always asking, he knows more behind the scenes stuff than I do. And I'm there, he'll send me a text midweek saying, oh, have you just seen who's moved where and who's been testing where and that someone's been driving on a cart track. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> so he's a total fan then. Yeah, yeah, total fanboy. Welcome everyone to WRC Backstories, our exclusive WRC podcast presented by Bex Williams. Welcome everyone to another edition of WRC Backstories. The countdown is now well and truly on for the return to competition in the WRC and all focus is on the very next event, Rally Estonia in September. Looking forward to that. Here at the Backstories podcast, our aim has been to let the characters of the WRC shine through, to discover more about our competitors and the people that make up the championship. It's been fascinating to learn more about people, some of which I've known for most of my career, but yet I'm still learning about them. It's been a joy to chat leisurely to people who are usually so busy on events, but have maybe a little more time on their hands right now. As it's Toyota Week on WRC.com, we have decided to head into the heart of the team to find out a bit more about former co-driver turned sporting director Kai Lindstrom. Where did his passion for rallying come from? How was it to sit in the co-driver's seat alongside Mackinnon? And what is life like now as a key member of a successful top flight team? Let's find out from the man himself. Joining me on the line from Finland today, I'm very happy to say, is Sporting Director of Toyota, Kai Lindstrom. Now, Kai has had a massively varied career. We've seen him in the co-driving seat, of course, many, many times, sitting beside very high-profile drivers. And now, of course, he is Sporting Director of Toyota. Kai, first of all, thank you very much for joining me. How are you doing? It's been a long time since I've spoken to you. Yes, thank you, Bex. Uh, I'm... I'm Luckily, okay. All the family is okay. So we're in a good situation at the moment. Which is a good thing. It's a good thing because 2020 has been one of those years that, that people really just want to forget about right now. But we're luckily about to get things going again with Rally, which is, which is good. Uh, what have you been doing at home during lockdown? Has it, has it been busy work-wise or have you been able to, to chill out a little bit? Well, mainly working. Yeah, it, it's been quiet on uh, we haven't done any rallies, but it doesn't mean that there's no work work that needs to be done. And obviously, it was it's been quite stressful, and not knowing when when we will restart the season. Uh, things keep changing all the time. Mm. Go through different kind of uh, scenarios. If we go there, what we're going to do? So uh, mainly work, but uh, you know, obviously. I, I've been able to stay home and spend time with, with, with the family. So, so that's, a, that's a good 
good uh, like relaxing way on, on the side of that. Yeah, I think if there's if there's one silver lining to everything, if there's one positive, it's that people have had time with their families and and lived a little bit of a, a different life for a time, which is you know also a good thing. You mentioned though that the work is stressful. It's because the coronavirus, it's it's changing all the time, isn't it? It's changing every day. It seems every hour things are changing. It must be very difficult to try and put everything together, not knowing quite what rallies we're going to when everything is changing. Yeah, that's true. And it's more changing every hour than every day. And that <laughs> makes it difficult. So you, you start planning something and then you can just uh, delete that and start all over again. So, oh. so it is it is quite quite hard but okay now now it looks more more brighter uh, we are we are nearly nearly in estonia and then we can get everything started again yeah i'm really looking forward to heading to the rally there i think it's going to be a great kickstart to the uh, to the season again which will be good but yeah. forgetting about that right now i want to concentrate on you kyle Lindstrom, because this <laughs> podcast is all about you <laughs> okay. so i've talked with quite a lot of people um, we've, we've talked with drivers, co-drivers, team managers, um, you know, trying to discover who they are, where they've come from, how they've got into the sport, but who they are as people. And we kick off the podcast in the same way every time with the same question, which some people find a little bit difficult. Some find it really easy and give me three words immediately. So if I asked you to describe yourself in three words, what would they be? <laughs> asking Finn to say something <laughs> polite about himself that's a difficult one uh, very difficult <laughs> <laughs> just to give you some examples so um, Malcolm Wilson said he was driven you know, motivated focused are words that comes up a lot yeah yeah, I would say I've, uh, I'm uh, focused and, and rally enthusiastic still. I mean, I still love rallying. I've, I've been around the rally for a long time. So I think that's the key factor why, why I want to be in. And that makes me do my work well and, and, and try to improve all the time. So I think it's more like what would be the word when you want to improve all the time and, and get better in everything that would be one one thing for sure yeah i think you know a lot of people who are who are outside the sport who want to work in the sport um don't realize sometimes how how hard it is work-wise or stressful or whatever i mean we absolutely love it because and you mentioned it there you're so rally enthusiastic you're so rally passionate and i think to do the job that everyone does in the rally for such long hours over so many days, you have to be passionate about the sport. Otherwise you would never be able to do it. You'd be crazy to say, Oh yeah, I'll do a 14 hour day for you. No problem. If you didn't love the sport, I think that will be hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, okay. Being around for quite a long time, being on the co driver seat and everything, you know, uh, taking this position in the team that, that was kind of a eye-opener for me, you know, when, when you were co-driving, you just uh, came into the place and the table was set and everything was ready. And then you just uh, did your job and went home. But to see the work, the hours behind it before it, it is actually there when the drivers 
arrive. Uh, it's a lot of work and effort from everybody. Well, we will touch upon that a little bit later on. But first of all, let, let's go back to the e early years of Kai Lindstrom. I, I have no idea what you were like as a teen. I didn't know you back then, Kai. I've known you many years, but not that, quite that far back. But... I've been a teenager, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> talk, talk to me about Kai Lindstrom as, as a young man then. What, what were your kind of aspirations back then? Were you, were you into rally at an early age? I mean, I know in Finland it's such a big sport. You know, did it touch you when you, when you were younger? Uh, yeah, for sure. That uh, for Finns, rally is like our football. You know, mm. It's our national sport. We've always had uh, big names on on the rallying world, and that way, yeah, it was it was something that I was very interested in and, and keen to see all the time. A uh, little history: My father uh, used to be co-driver very early I, uh, he passed away when I was six months old so I haven't seen it but I've heard from my mom and, and this was obviously one thing that uh, that was like increasing my interest to the sport and, and then I think the first first when it started uh, I think we were seven or eight my my friend had a summer house and they had Fiat 500 there and uh, we could actually drive the car at the age of six or seven, eight. It was a closed area, but um, yeah, that was the first time when we, when we started to play around with the cars. And then with him, I actually did my first five, six years in the rallying as a co-driver. Oh, wow. So that friendship and partnership started at a very early age then. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> and what did your mum think at the time when, when she realised that you were going to, you know, pursue a, a co-driving career? Was she supportive of that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, she was she was very supporting. But then again, you know, when when you, when your child goes to this kind of sport, of course, she was a bit nervous. But uh, yeah, it was it was all good and and okay. It was still on that time as a hobby. Mm. You know, I was I was playing ice hockey like more active on the higher level, not the highest level in Finland, but anyway, like proper level. And and then in in some point, it just came to the point that which one to pick, the ice hockey or or the rally, and then rally rally took me. Wow, what a choice to have, though, Kai. I mean, there's not many people who have that kind of choice in life. Shall well, I be an you, ice, ice professional or well, shall I be a rally see, professional? Yeah, I, I think you, you, you wouldn't see my name on the NHL, so I wasn't that good. So. <laughs> do, you, do you still dabble about on the ice or is that all finished now? Uh, yeah, we, we have this like uh, old, old timers of our team and, and yeah, we have a good group of guys, like 20, 20 guys and we go once a week or something on the ice and just, just have some fun. So let me take you back to those early years in your teenage years. Not so much about the rally now, but what you were like in school. Were you, you know, were you a good student? Were you dedicated? Or was there always that sporting element which was kind of more in your mind than academic? Or were you both? Well, you're not going to ask my teacher, so I can lie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have contacts. I could find them probably. <laughs> no, no, actually, it was. It was uh, 
I think that that was something like brought by my mom that uh, even though you do sport, you have to you have to have an education and concentrate on the school. And, and obviously life was easier when I did well at school. So it was easier at home and <laughs> everything. So, so yes, school, school was okay. And uh, I, I, I actually got uh, good grades and, and uh, then finally end up in the, in the technical school and, and became a mechanical engineer. So I've, I've done some studies as well. Well, which was all massively useful, obviously, for what you were going on to do as a, as a professional career, because it's, it's amazing to me, you know, the amount of drivers, co-drivers I meet who, who absolutely are mechanically minded, who have done engineering degrees even, but then some who don't know anything about a car, which blows me away. <laughs> it's like, how can you have, how can you be behind a wheel and have that feeling for a car, but not actually understand how it works it, it two different kind of fields which are always fascinating to me so when would you say in your mind that the decision absolutely came that you wanted to pursue co-driving as a professional career when did that really click for you I would say 90, 95, 96 those were the first first times where we did the rally Finland like world championship round and and then that was like the thing that well, maybe maybe this is something that uh, i would love to do as uh, as a profession as well okay it's it's not that easy that you just decide yourself you're going to do it but <laughs> no more, more like uh, i would say that the way of thinking and and i think more motivation came to to get better and and uh, I was very fortunate that we had good good old co-drivers in Finland, Ilkka Kivimaki and, and these boys that you could actually call them and say hey how do you do this and, and learn that way and, and yeah that was the time and then then luckily in, in, in a few years time everything went to the right direction and then 98 end of 98 I joined Tapio Laukkonen in British <laughs> Championship and that was like turning into a professional if you can say that. Yeah I mean I I never actually got to meet uh, Mr Laukkonen properly I remember being on a British rally event when you guys were competing but never actually got to meet you properly um, but I remember that time what an exciting period that was but it seemed to happen, Kai, if you don't mind me saying, it seemed to happen very quickly for you. You know, I was looking back at, you know, the rallies that you'd competed in and, you know, there was a handful of events and then all of a sudden you're with Tapio Laukinen. Did you feel that it was a, a quick step or not? Um, yes, yes and no. I mean, I, I turned up in the same situation a few years later when, a phone call that Tommy wants you into Rally GP and he was still fighting for the World Championship and and that was like uh, without hesitation or without doubt I said yes and it was just something that hey if you want to do it you have to take the chance and then you either make it or you don't and, yeah. and you just have to trust yourself in that, that situation. I think it's not just like I've done five rallies or I've done thousand rallies you can't say when you're ready yeah no one, there, there is no pattern that says that once you have done this many rallies then you can jump higher level and uh, 
yeah, for me, it worked that way. And uh, like I said, you make it or you, you don't. And luckily I did. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. Tell me about those years with, with Tapio. What was that like, you know, competing at such high profile events and championships? Yeah, for sure, that was a good time. That was a good time for British Championship as well. Mm. There was a lot of a lot of car manufacturers into uh, all the events and like factory teams. So so yeah, it was it was proper proper rallying and and everything. You know, good thing was you you learn how these these teams work and and that that was also also a big change to the previous things that everything was more like. Uh, done together and and gathered some money to do rally yeah <laughs> yeah and you know you're learning your trade as as you go as everyone is you know with every event with every year you get stronger you get you get better at what you're doing what, did you feel that at, you know at any point is there any point in a, in a career i guess I mean, for me and, and for everyone around us, it feels like you're constantly learning. For you as a co-driver, was that the case? Was it, were you, did you ever get to a point where you thought, no, I, I, I know what I'm absolutely doing now. I, I don't need to learn anymore. Or is it a constant learning curve, no matter how many rallies you've done, if it's a hundred or a thousand? For me, it's a constant learning curve because uh, it's it's very worrying if, if you don't have butterflies in the morning when the rally starts or you think that you already know everything, then that's a very dangerous situation. So, so yeah, I, for sure, there's a, even when we build the cars and we test them every every tenth of a second or hundredth of a second counts and, and also if there's anything you can do better as a co-driver or driver, that that also helps the result. So, mm. so for me, you have to you have to learn and you you have to try to get better. Yeah. And, and always find new things that can be can be done better or differently. So, what was it in the British Championship? Two or three years that you spent coming over here? Three years. Yeah, yeah, we started 90, it's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. It is, do you know what, I was looking at your results earlier and now I can't remember, which is 90, classic. 98, few rallies I did with Tapia and then 99, 2000, we did the full, full British Championship, yeah. And then 2001, some rallies. <laughs> That's a lot of fish and chips you would have been eating over here, I guess. <laughs> But I remember you kind of, you know, it being how kind of focused the media was on you and, and you had some great successes in the British Championship as well. What, what is your memory of, of competing here? What were the highs and lows of being, of competing in the UK, apart from the weather, Kai? <laughs> yeah, let's not go to weather. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it, obviously. First year, everything was new for me, and and that that was a good thing. And and like you said, we did quite well. And then when you succeed, that will make you even more more hungry. You want to have more. And obviously, when when you're in the rally, those are our 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 what's the English word? Those are 
the highlight days for us, you know. Yeah. And then, then all the hard work you do and the testing and before the rally pays back. So, so only good memories from the rallies for sure. Definitely. Let's go back to um, something you touched upon earlier then, which was the call from Tommy Mackinnon to join him at Rally GB in 2001, which was an incredible year in itself. And then you get the call. And as you mentioned, he was still battling for a championship at that point. That's, that's the high pressure call, which you said yes to. But what was the butterfly feeling after saying yes? To Tommy Mackinnon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was some butterflies until the rally for sure, and and that that was quite a stressful time to be honest. But then, okay, like I said, this this is now my time to shine. Mm. So so I, I I used all that time to prepare and and follow how they work together with the Ristomanis and Maki before I, I went there, you know, watching some onboards and, and like timing of the pace notes and, and just use the time to to be ready for it. That, that's all I did. And I thought I had butterflies, but then when the rally started, then, then I had them, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. I bet you did. And in terms of how you got along with Tommy. Was there history between you before? Had you known each other well? Tell me a little bit about that. Not really. I mean, for sure, we've we've seen each other before that in the rallies and, and a few times talked a little bit. So not, not really that way, but uh, I think there's also, you know, you need some some luck and some things just click and, and there's uh, Tommy's good friend is from my hometown and I think he's somehow involved in this and he said that you know Kai is on that level that maybe you should take him and so I've heard he's, he's <laughs> never he's never told me this even this friend of mine that he did it but uh, I think this is how it went so, so. Did, did you feel I mean to, to have you know, someone like Tommy Mackinnon call you and, and ask you to join him. Apart from the butterflies, how did that make you feel? Was there a massive sense of pride because you've yeah, been recognised? Yes, yes. Uh, I was like one metre taller straight away when it happened. And, you know, I, I felt uh, and, and like things like the greatest moment in the rallying, you know, okay, you can say winning something, you know, but... This, this is one of like the biggest things, obviously, like the feeling that it gave you, like if someone has recognized your, your work, how you do your work. And, and, and that, that was like a very proud moment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I bet it was. And, you know, obviously you did that rally together, which was the end of the season, then the next few seasons. So what happened after that rally? Did, did Tommy say, you know, you, you know, you did all right, kid. <laughs> You're great. Can you come with me for the next few seasons? How did that conversation play out? Yeah, he, well, he, he didn't throw me out from the hotel or anything, so I guess <laughs> it was fine. And, and he was happy, obviously, since we continued the following year. And I think the biggest credit was in, in Monte Carlo then after the first, first dates that he was very happy that everything was spot on because the... GP Rally 99 uh, 2001 was not that long. Uh, I think it was the first stage where we retired, so maybe he didn't have the full picture yet. What's, what's coming? <laughs> 
What were the years like then following with, with Tommy and Subaru? Because they were interesting years in, in terms of competition and the drivers that we had competing at that time, of course. It was such a, a varied array of drivers, some who were, you know, heading for not, not long for retirement, and, and Tommy was the same. But you had the heady mix of, of Mackinnon, McRae, Signs, Loeb was coming into proceedings as well. Grand home. It was such a, a kind of a real high point in terms of competition. Yeah, it was. It was very, very tough. Everybody could win the rally. It wasn't like okay, these boys fight for the win, but it was like actually anyone could win the rally, and and the competition was very tight. So it was good. And obviously for me, joining full-time world champion, that was that was like the biggest learning curve. Mm ever and, and you know you could see how he works and and uh, with Tommy it's easy you, you get the feedback straight away if everything works or not so I, I like that as well. He's a pretty direct guy then. Yeah but I think that's one one key factor why he's four-time world champion. Well. <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean he was when I I did my first WRC event back in 1999 and then it was Rally, Rally GB, but uh, the service park was based in Cheltenham Racecourse then, yeah. back then. And Tommy had already won the championship by the time we got there. And he was doing a little bit of kind of performing before the rally got underway on the Thursday and doing donuts for everyone in the service park. And I remember standing there looking at him and looking at this smiling face and how happy he was. And, you know, all the success that he'd had already and thinking, you know, I, I want to get to know this guy because he looks like a lot of fun. And he was one of my first kind of experiences of the world championship was was watching all of that. But, you know, he seems, you know, from the outside before you and I, you know, I don't pretend to know him well. I know him from the, a journalist to a team manager now. But I always enjoyed interviewing him because even though. It would take him some time sometimes to get to his point. It was always funny. It was always direct. He never really kind of hid anything. He was very honest. And that, that's what I found. And obviously that helped you guys being in the car together. Yeah, yeah. And that, that being honest and, uh, makes it easy. You know, when, then when, when you have this relationship inside the car that you can say what you think and he can say what you think he thinks. Yeah. That, that makes it makes it quite quite straightforward what would you say was you know the the best part of your your time those years with tommy sitting beside him in the subaru team what was the highlight of it all for you well obviously first first event in monte carlo mm. winning there that that was obviously the highlight like from the from the result point but uh, like I said, looking back now, that, that was like, I learned so much. I learned so much how, how you need to work to, to achieve victories and, and stuff like that. So I think that, that is the main, main legacy from that, that period of time. Mm. You know, after Tommy decided to retire, you continued on as a co-driver, but there was an injury for you, wasn't there, which needed attention? Yeah, that was 2002 in, in Argentina. We had a big crash and, uh, and due to that, uh, in, in some point, then it was, it was noticed that my, 
my hip was injured because of that. And, and uh, then 2007, I, I had a surgery and I have now artificial joint on my left hip. So, so things, things happened, but uh, nothing, nothing bigger than that, luckily. Yeah, well, luckily, because that accident in Argentina was, you know, it was a hell of an accident. Even looking back at it now, it's quite astonishing that you guys, you know, walk, walked away, re I say relatively unscathed. Obviously, you had that injury, which, which had to be sorted from that. But my goodness, Kai, I mean, you see big accidents and we've all seen them, but you were involved in one. I mean, it, do you, do, how do you deal with that as a co-driver, the possibility of, of that happening? And when that happens, how much does it knock your confidence to get back in a car? Uh, not really. The, no? The, obviously, the season was going on and then quite quickly after that, we, we had to go in the car for the test for the next event. So that obviously helped. And, and okay, you know, you have to... You have to be scared in, in a healthy way. Like you have to understand the risks you have in, the, in that work. But then if, if you feel scared every time you go in the office, you can't do the work. <laughs> so yeah. so it, it is something that you, you just have to accept that there are some risks and that's part of the life. But then if you start thinking more, you, you might get injured say crossing the road back home or, or wherever so it's just uh, they are there but you're not thinking about them all the yeah time. and that's that sounds like the best way to to put it to me and to and to think about it or not think about it as such so at the end of 2003 when when tommy and you were on that last event wales rally gb the golden boots came out for tommy and he was on his way did you have in your mind that you would continue on despite the fact that he was retiring, you wanted to continue on co-driving? Well, for sure. I was, I was well, not young, but very much younger than now in those times. And, and, and I wanted to do it. And, and then being, being in the car with him, obviously there was some interest interest from other drivers that I would join mm. them. And, uh, it, it felt that I, I still want to continue and, and be involved in the rally. Was it difficult from a sense that you had been in the car with, you know, former world champion, you were in the Subaru World Rally team, so it literally was a turn up at work, get in the car, don't have to worry about anything. You're at the top level of the sport and then things start to change. You're looking for another seat, but know that, you know, it, in terms of, I don't know how to put this in a nice way, Kai, without being offensive, <laughs> but in terms of the level to where you're at, in terms of the driver you're alongside and the team you're alongside, you might have to come down a little bit from where you've been because you've been at the highest point. Was that yeah. a consideration in your mind? Did you think, oh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to go backwards? Well, in a way, obviously, if you go if you leave the seat with Tommy and you go with anyone else, it felt like you go yeah. downwards. But then, then again, like the whole whole situation with Tommy was was different because normally there's a young, unexperienced driver and experienced co-driver. With Tommy, that situation was opposite. He was 
the most experienced and, and, and successful driver at the time. And then he got the rookie on his side and, and that, that being me. And then with these two years with him, after that, it, it, everybody turned in a different way that now I am the experienced co-driver and I can go with the younger driver to teach them. Mm. And, and then 2004, that was the case when we joined Mitsubishi with the Christian Sulberg and, and that's how it went. So in a way, yeah, it was different, but, but then like since Tommy finished his career, you know, it's, it's quite, quite natural that if there's a young driver, you want to join him and then go forward. Like we see now that there's some youngsters, one Mr. Rovamper in our team, for instance, that, uh, <laughs> for instance, know, there's, 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 uh, there's uh, more years to come with him. Gosh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to be talking about him in, in a little while. Uh, I, and there's so much to talk about with him. He's got a huge career ahead of him. So Christian Solberg, and then, you know, the years went on, but you, you missed two years of competition due to that yeah. injury being fixed, yeah, that, essentially. Yeah, that, that was a bit of a strange situation because then when, when the surgery was done and I got the new, new hip, uh they told us that that's it i i can't go in the rally car anymore and then uh, in some point mm, not getting too much into it but uh, obviously there was some discussions with the insurance companies and in some point they said that no no it's not the reason i said look now it's either reason that i I can't go in the rally car or then you give me the paper that i can go into the rally car and then it turned Turned out so that uh, yeah, it was okay to rally, mm. even though even though this was not even a discussion after the surgery. It was like immediately like no, that's it. You can't go in the car anymore. But uh, life changes, world changes, I guess. Yeah, I remember seeing you, and it was probably in the service park in Finland, um, and you weren't competing, and you told me this news of, you know, that that's it. I can't compete anymore. And I remember thinking, this is you know it's such a huge waste because of everything that you'd learned and you were the top level co-driver and how could you not carry on? And I, I really felt for you that it was coming to an end in that sense. But luckily <laughs> you did get back in the car again, yeah, regardless yeah, of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you obviously wanted to, there was a, a desperate want to get back in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still, enjoyed rallying and and uh, then the chance came to go back with Kimi and uh, I took it so yeah. the Kimi Raikkonen years <laughs> they, they must have been fascinating for you in in many ways because you were it felt like the contact point for everybody who wanted to talk to Kimi who couldn't talk to Kimi because he wouldn't talk to them. It was Kai. You must yeah. have been interviewed more than at any other time in your career during those years, I think. Yeah, and I think that in that point, some, some journalist media thought that I was a, well, this you have to delete, dickhead, because <laughs> I, I always said, no, he will not give you the answers. And it wasn't my fault. He just said that I'm not going to give you any interviews, and that's it. But yeah, those were those were nice nice years. I mean, Kimi really enjoyed being in the rally, and and you know, 
okay to go back in the rally car it's just you know on that point it wasn't something that uh, i just have to get into the car if he would have been completely not head i would have said that no no I'm mm. not he's, he was very 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 good with the car handling and and, and everything and it, you felt that there was only one passenger me in the car not two passengers that's very risky when there's two passengers yeah, I, I can imagine it would be. I mean, I, I liked the Raikkonen years because it was such a it was such a great thing for the championship to have a, a Formula One driver who wanted to rally. But also with, with Kimi, he really wanted to rally. He really wanted to improve. And you could always see that. It wasn't just a, I'm doing this for a laugh. I'm doing it for fun. There was such a, a heart behind it. And the images we have of him, you know, changing wheels or digging out of a snowbank in Sweden and you know it's like you you really have to kind of get into this this rally stuff it's it's not like Formula One uh, but he seemed to embrace it massively which was which was great for the championship and it was great to see him do that what was it like though to to sit alongside him and because he would obviously in his career is not used to anyone else being in the car he's not used to listening to to pace notes or being directed in in any way so how did he, how was that for you, having to teach him all of that? Yeah, I think that that was the most difficult part for him all his life before that, and now after that, he he's only driven what he sees, and now he he needed to drive what he hears uh, from from the pace notes, and and that was the most difficult part for him for sure. And uh, but yeah, he he wanted to improve. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more practice would have been needed yeah. to really, really break it through. But uh, but yeah, he he enjoyed the rallying. He loved it, and uh, you know we can explain whatever. But uh, you know, like Kimi, like Kimi media. Kimi is at the moment. They think that he's he's just an Iceman and doesn't say anything. But when 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 you're with him privately, he's completely different, com completely opposite to that. He just yeah. speaks all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he is. But that's you know nice to hear that you enjoyed that time with him and that yes, yes, it, was, it was you know really a, nice. it was really nice. Good. No, I'm I'm and glad. Also that... to see see him enjoying it so much and i think he, it did it did good for for him as well because he's uh he's trust the media after fall one wasn't very high but then <laughs> i think rallying did good for him as well on, on that point that he 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 get more friendly with the with the media people yeah. as well and and didn't go like uh, this ice face straight away when he saw the camera and uh, it was good. No, we did have some uh, some nice moments over the years with him, certainly. Uh, but you continued competing, continued in the co-driving seat right up until, what, 2017 was your yeah, last? Yeah, to, with with Mr. Hannanen. <laughs> yeah, GP was, was our last one that year. And then 2017... After GP was Australia, and in Australia I was then already in this position that I'm in now. So yeah. So tell me how that came about, because obviously you were very well known to Mr. Mackinnon. You're you're there. You're you're co-driving. You're 
he, he recognizes in you someone who is, you know, a master brain wise of the sport, knows what they're talking about, knows how to deal with people. When did he say to you, come and come and be part of the team, come and be the sporting director, come and be the one who, you know, calls the shots with the drivers and everything, because you are looking after such a huge amount, Kai, in your role. Well, it all started obviously when, when the discussion about 2018 drivers started, like who's, who's going to be the new drivers. And then, then Tommy informed us that uh, you will, will not continue as a factory driver. And, and then, then this conversation started that, uh, what if you would be our new sporting director, because we've heard or well, before that, Jarmo had already left the team and, and mm. the sport was still like uh, floating that who's going to take that part. And and yeah, for sure, it, it helped that we, we've known each other for a long time with Tommy and, and work together and be in the car. Mainly even that being in the car because you spent such a long, long days and, and, and long time together just doing the rickies and tests and rallies and in, in that situation, you can't fake who you are. And no. That, that, that is like something that he knew. He knew what to, what, what to expect and what he's going to get if he's hiring me. And obviously, I was very, very proud and happy that he, he think that way. You touched on it earlier when you said, you know, it's, it's, a, different, it's a different world. It's a different life from competing when you're actually putting together the team, organizing events, it's two different things. How quickly did you realize that when you got into the role? How, was it a baptism of fire, Kai? <laughs> very, very, very quickly. And, <laughs> and I was so happy that Australia was the first event because if that would have been Monte Carlo the following year, I would have been in big, big trouble. So. So yeah, yeah, it, it's a lot of lot of things happening behind the curtains that people don't realize and don't see. They just see that okay, service park is there. Now we do the rally and we go back home. So mm. so much happening, you know, twelve months a year, every year. I mean, there is no. We can say that there's a break from the events in the middle of the summer, but that doesn't mean that we are on the holiday. No, absolutely not. So many, so many people have said that to me over the years. You know, we always kind of disappear off. Oh, enjoy the summer break. Well, no, actually, we've got testing to organize. We've got this to organize. It's just a constant stream of things. Yeah. And, the, you know, the more the events start to, to build up on the calendar, the more work there is. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's fascinating, though, to see. And I think it's completely right that, you know, former competitors are within the role that you're in because, you have such a broad-based understanding of what is going on out there, out there on the stages in terms of the sporting side of things, your mind is completely across everything. How many times have you been tested, let's say, during a rally where something has happened and you've, you've had to think very quickly with regard to sporting regulations? How many times are you tested on events? Well, there, I, I think there's, there's that kind of situations in every rally and, and uh, then again, even on these situations, like like any, you know, you can somebody can say that I do my work well. Yeah, I try my best. Everybody tries, but it all comes to the 
to the people around you as well. So, you know, if I, I'm fortunate to have very, very experienced and good people around me as well. And, mm. and, and this, this obviously helps everything. Also these quick decisions, like, uh, you have to, you have to go and talk, go through them and talk with other people as well. So, you know, it, 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 somebody can, if you want, you can put me on the stand like, oh, he's great, but you know, there's more people to do this. <laughs> this is with me and I'm fortunate to have good people around. Yeah, we come into the control room sometimes to film you, certainly on a, on a final stage in an event where you're in the battle maybe for the win or you're going to win the rally. We come in and we film you guys and there's you and there's the table of, of engineers and when I, when I come in, it's quite intimidating with, with everybody there. Does that area get quite stressful during events? Certainly, you know, I can imagine when, when things aren't going maybe quite to plan on stages, if something has gone wrong, is it a stressful environment or does everyone really work so well together that they come together quite quickly to be able to solve problems? Well, I think the, uh, the target and, and the biggest biggest work is to try to keep that area calm and not stressful and, mm. and then like the way you act yourself and, and stay calm do everything calm uh, that that spreads but if you are nervous and, and, and shouting and arguing you know that that also spreads so mm. it is stressful but uh, but that's the key factor to keep everybody calm and just concentrate into their own work and for, for sure if there's if there's a trouble the, the, it's more tense on that time but uh, but good people they can solve the problems what an incredible few years it's been to be part of the team as well you know the manufacturers championship title drivers title now sebastian Ogier on board up and coming drivers it's, it's, you know, from the outside looking in, what an exciting time to be part of it, or do you feel that? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's been very, very, very good. And, and okay, 2018, it was a funny situation, Oit being our uh, top driver, like on the result bias. Uh, I used to race with him on the same team. <laughs> Now, Sepp being our number one name in the team, we used to race together 2009 with the BH Sport on the, on the Citroën Junior oh team. Oh my, so, so I know, I've forgotten I know about that. Yeah, him, him <laughs> and Julian came in uh, on that year to Citroën. So, so that, that obviously helps and, and it helps me with these drivers that uh, mm. I, I know what they do, what they I've done the same thing. So it's, it's quite easy, but uh, yeah. They are good guys, and and I would say that the, the atmosphere in the team and the motivation is is on the top level at the moment. So really, they are really professionals and good good to work with. So so I'm happy. Okay, with I can I can continue this driving thing, but it's it's more uh, maybe we can take this out. Elvin, I used to race against his father, and also <laughs> Carl, I used to race against his father. So. Yeah. So I'm, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not old. You're in your prime, Kai, in your prime. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> With regard to, um, to Ogier coming into the team, I know that, that Malcolm Wilson had said when, when he joined M Sport, it kind of, it, he felt like it, it raised everyone's level up because Seb is such a, 
an uber professional and you know he wants things the way he wants them not not in a bad way in a good way to to drive the team forward have you and it's i know it's that's early why, days that's why he's a champion that's exactly Exactly. But it's early days with him and the team. We've only had three events, of course, this year. But did you feel a bit of a change when he came in? Were, were any attitudes different? Did people raise their game a bit more or not? Because it was always already quite high with what you'd done previously. Yeah, I think that people, maybe they, they have their own expectations how he's going to be and he's going to join us now. But uh, when, when he actually did join us and did the first test and now the rallies with us, people were like surprised how down to earth he is yeah. and, and a normal guy. Of course, he's demanding like, like you have to be on that level or, or any of our driver. They need to be demanding on, on the certain things. But, uh, you know, if you demand something, you have to explain why and, and everything he's asked for or, or wants to change, it's, it's like that. So it's, mm. uh, it's the showing the way that he works very professionally. And I think that has, that has uh, increased the respect of people towards him like uh, he's a good guy and he really, he really knows what he's doing. So it's, an interesting, it's an interesting team because you've got obviously Sabogier, former champion, You've got Elvin Evans, who's really shown in the past year what he can he can do, and especially this year. And then you've got Kalle Rovenpere, an exciting talent for the future. What an incredible mix of drivers in the team. But my question to you is, Kai, are they hard to handle? Do they give you any stress? Have you had to tell any of them off? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. No, no. But uh, okay, I, I maybe answered wrong way and earlier. But this is this is the thing I, I already answered this question in a way that uh, you know since I've, I've been there, done that, I I it, it's easier for me to handle them in a way like I I know that these are the things they go through during the rally and, and between the events and and I I try to predict these early enough so I have all the information for them what they need and, and during the event I know that uh, there's certain situations when they are mentally still on the stage when when they call or something and, and and this is the this is the thing but yeah we haven't had any any issues yet I'm going to bring something up with you Kai that I brought up with Tom Fowler I think about a month ago when we did his podcast you you've you've just reminded me of something that I have a bit of a an issue with the team um and it's Tom I think really that can sort this problem for me and he's not going to but you mentioned that the drivers are still in the stage sometimes when they get in contact with you they're still full of adrenaline they're still fired up yeah I love hearing from the drivers as soon as they come over the flying finish and we can hear the in-car from the drivers but sadly with the Toyotas it cuts out purposely it cuts out <laughs> so that we can't hear what they're saying to each other which is a real shame Kai because it would be a massive learning curve for us and for you as well don't you think I think it's time to reinstate it to speak with Tom about that 
<laughs> well, I know what the answer is going to be then. It, yeah, we, it's, we just it's keep circling no. this question. First Tom, then me, then Tom. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to get it back. But um, yeah, talk to me then. I mean, we'll, we'll wrap things up. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know that you are a, a busy man. Uh, the rest of the season, hopefully, you know, we, we will see... In enough rallies that that we want to see. I know the situation changes constantly, um, but yeah. yeah, for the drivers getting back into the car now at a super quick event like Rally Estonia, and it's just two days. It's going to be a sprint to the finish. It's going to be fast. It'll be, a, I think, a fascinating end to the season in terms of who comes out of it with with you know ultimate victory in the championship title. What are your thoughts on what could happen? over the, the rest of the few months? Yeah, I wish I had a crystal ball, but uh, yeah, we, we have done all the preparation the way we think is the best for our drivers and, and we are ready. And uh, especially now in, in, in Estonia, there's no, there's no time to be asleep. You know, you have to be right awake from the first stage because it's uh, that way similar rally to Finland that it's so so fast that if you lose five seconds, it's it's very difficult to get it back. So mm. uh, I, I think Estonia that way will will show some kind of uh, uh, where where we are and and who's ready who's ready to race from the first stage onward and. And then uh, let's let's hope that we can have the rest of the rallies like they are, and, and then we just we just need to go rally by rally, and not thinking that only a few rallies. Okay, it, it will increase the importance of each event because there's less of them at the moment. Mm. So, so that that way uh, we we need to be working even harder than normally, and and be ready to do well in all the events. I'm looking forward to that season restarting. It can't come quick enough at this point. Final couple, couple of questions for you then, and they are you-related, as in family-related. Away from the rally now, back at home at Family Lindstrom, House Lindstrom. Tell me what happens there, Kai. Are you the chef of the house? Are you the cleaner of the house? Are you a domestic god? Are you good at DIY? Or none of those things at all? Well, my better half is not here, so I can say that I'm the man in the house. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we'll make sure no. she finds out what you said. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not the cook, yeah. then? I'm taking it. Or can can you cook? Can you throw together a beautiful meal? I I actually do a lot of cooking for the family. Yeah. That that yeah that is surprising and and uh, yeah even Ina Ina my my wife to come I would say that she's she's very happy she said you can do all the cooking if you want so wow so I, I think she likes it yeah <laughs> so there, there's been now more time in the kitchen and and obviously you know it's been a lot of work and busy work but not that much traveling so obviously more time with my my young son Emil just turned three years old so it's been it's been nice to see him him grow and learn new things. That's a fun age as well. Yeah, <laughs> and he unfortunately, well, worryingly, he's worryingly interested in rallying. So, 
which was my next question and everyone says yeah. that you know every every driver co-driver anyone involved who has children it's like oh this could be an expensive and worrying future <laughs> for for us all <laughs> but there we go it's natural because it's it's coming from you it is a natural thing for him to want to uh, probably pursue that so good luck with that Kai good luck with that in a few years time thank you, thank you. I'm really looking forward to seeing you again in Estonia I'm not sure how close I can get to you in Estonia however we may be behind kind of glass screens to see you but thank you very much for for sharing some of your life with me I've really enjoyed listening to your story so thank you welcome that was my pleasure I'll speak to you soon Kai see you in Estonia See you in Estonia. Take care. Bye-bye. For more great WRC content, head to WRC Plus. For thousands of hours of archive footage, from end-of-season reviews and onboards, to features on some of the legends of WRC, that is wrcplus.com, the home of WRC action.